Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Exurgat Deus dissipentur inimici eius, et fugianchio derenteum a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. I did actually have a podcast for last night. I decided not to post it because it was um, questionably relevant. Which is to say, I'm not entirely sure it would have actually done us any good. I might still post it, so I'm not going to talk about it, but... Because it may... Who knows? It might actually become more relevant later. I got a couple of topics to talk about, and of course we're going to weave a thread through them, but we're going to start with disaster in the economy, and then we'll tie in some of the other stuff um, as we go through the news stories. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangel, defendenos in proelio, contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraesidium, imperatili deus supplicas deprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimum miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatis Carolus domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi enimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> Today on Twitter, I posted a tweet that says, simply, we're down to weeks. The lid's blowing off the economy soon, price controls are next, and will lead to collapse of industry. unemployment, defaults of welfare program, everything shortage, famine. No America by 2024. War next year possibly to try and save it. Pray, fast, get to heaven. The core of this message is pray, fast, and get to heaven. 
do penance and get to heaven. Get yourself to heaven. Get your kids to heaven. Whatever happens, don't even sweat it. Of course, we got to be aware that it's happening. But we don't have any business sweating it. The thread I'm going to weave through this is perspective. And so I'm going to start with a new with, with a news story from the Epic Times. Um, it looks like Nicholas Cruz managed to avoid the death penalty, which is tragic for him. I did a quick image search on him just to kind of see what was going, you know, what sort of images we had of him over the over the years. And the picture that they use of him in the Epic Times, I mean it's not a it's not a bad picture per se. But you can definitely tell he's damaged. More than that, when I did the image search, you can tell that since he's been in prison, he's gone through a lot. And compare the early images of him to the later images as and, and through the progression of time, and you can kind of tell <clears throat> he's been through a lot and not for the better. See, the prison system in the United States used to be a penitentiary system. And of course, this being a Catholic channel, I assume most of my listeners understand the difference between incarceration and a pen- incarceration and a penitentiary. See, the system's not designed to save souls anymore. And that was kind of the core. Filling up the prison system today is useless because all it does is create more animals. All it does is create more people and make it even more rare that a person can actually put his life back together, come back to Christ, and move forward under the redemption of our Savior. Now it's not even about that. It would be better for him if he would have gotten the death penalty. Because the way things are set up now, it is very unlikely, very, very unlikely that he's going to have the opportunity for salvation. And at least with death imminent, there's a chance that the motivation, there's at least an increase, a chance of the motivation and for and the increase of the likelihood of his receptiveness to God's grace to bring him home. But you can kind of tell you can kind of tell looking at him. It'd be really, really amazing 
It'd be miraculous if he finds himself redeemed. Most of America would like this kid dead because of what he did. Most of America is looking at this kid as irredeemable. The church has never taught that the death penalty is for people who are irredeemable. That's never been the case. The church has always taught that the death penalty is there to give the sinner an opportunity to see his death imminent and repent and come back to Christ. And certainly he would have to spend an inordinate amount of time in purgatory for all of the crimes that he's committed. However, he would still be saved. You compare that with the way things are in America today and in most of the world, to be sure, but in America in particular. And it's a tragedy. It is a damned tragedy. I pray that something happens and gives him the opportunity at conversion. Because it's funny, I was looking at some of the comments on the news story. And some of them are very foul indeed. <clears throat> some of them are very foul indeed. Charity does appear to be dead in this country. It seems to have run cold. It's tragic. Anyway, slightly different perspective on the whole deal. Certainly going to be a different perspective than what you're going to get in any of the news agencies. Anyway, back to the economy. The White House, the administration, they've made it very clear that they're only trying to put some band-aids on it so that they can make it to the election. Whether or not they understand exactly what's at stake, what's coming, it's really hard to tell. I suspect many of them know. I don't know for sure. Honestly, can't know. But I suspect many of them know what's coming. I suspect many of them know that everything that's been done thus far has, has in fact been done on purpose. Again, tragic. Right now, today, the news is blowing up about Joe Biden being accused by Saudi Arabia of trying to get a quid pro quo for the November election. Saudi Arabia has issued an official statement saying that he asked them to just put off the decision that they were going to make for one more month. 
Well, one more month gets us just past November 8th. The fact is, is they've done so much damage to the economy. They've so thoroughly obliterated anything remotely resembling American prosperity that it should not come as any surprise to anyone that we're looking at a total economic collapse. Now, to be sure, a lot of people are going to be, well, <clears throat> it couldn't possibly be that bad. You're just being a doomsayer. You'd prefer the orange man. Well, in a lot of ways, to be blunt, I would prefer the orange man. You see, the orange man would not have shut down the oil and gas industry. The orange man would not have done everything that he could to shut down petrol, to move with this whole Green New Deal garbage. In fact, the orange man came out and flatly said he was against the whole thing. The orange man would not have allowed ESG to be employed. <clears throat> These banks would have said, hey, I think we're going to try social credit. And he just said, not on my watch. Ain't going to happen. The orange man would have opened would have opened up the spigot to full to allow the economy to do what the economy does. Would he have cut spending? Probably not. And that would eventually come to bite us in the butt. But if the economy's roaring, if it's if you're in a major boom, you can afford the spending. You can afford to kick those cans down the road. Instead, what happened? They shut down the world and basically told most of the world, most of the people around the world, you're not essential. You don't have to go to work. You need to stay home. Then they'd turn around and said, okay, and now you have to get this jab that's totally experimental, that nobody's tested. In fact, we fielded it under Operation Warp Speed, which says we're going way too fast. And whether, however it is that you feel about vaccines one way or the other, the fact is, is to bring a product to market within a year, knowing full well that it takes between five and seven years to go through all of the proper testing to really make sure that you've got everything buttoned down to make sure that your product isn't going to kill a bunch of people. Should be common sense. Was it a marvel of engineering? Yes, absolutely. They rolled out a product by the billions at a record neck-breaking speed. But they never let anybody ask the question, is it actually a good product? Is it safe? Will it help? They never let anybody ask those questions. So regardless as to the effectivity, the fact is, is because we never were allowed to ask the questions, just like we weren't allowed to ask all the other questions, like where did the disease come from? How did it get here? Did the U.S. seriously just fund this bioweapon to turn around and mess around and have it leak and, and head out into the world? <clears throat> Now, 
Oh, hey, by the way, can we do something to maybe hide the fact that this whole thing is just a game by a bunch of rich elites, a bunch of wealthy white people? And I don't mean wealthy white people in the way that, in the way that most people take that. Because culturally, let's be real, there's no such thing as white people. There's really no such thing as brown people. Nobody's actually brown. Nobody's actually black. Nobody's actually yellow. They're just categories. It's not like white people are monolithic. An Irishman is not the same as an Englishman, is not the same as a Scotsman, is not the same as a Frenchman, is not the same as an Italian, is not the same as a Spaniard, is not the same as a German or a Russian or a Chechen. It's not the same. We're just going to call them white. And then we're going to call these other people black. And then we're going to call these other people Latino or Hispanic. And then we're going to call these other people... Give me a freaking break. Those those descriptors are useless. The language of a people has more to do with who they are as a group than the color of their skin. Especially when the color of their skin is not even actually the color of their skin. Anyhow. We weren't allowed to ask the questions. And some of us have been here before. The American black community had been here before. The Tuskegee experiments. They haven't figured out Planned Parenthood yet, but they but they remember the Tuskegee experiments. They know when they're being experimented on. It's not a hard, it's really not that hard to tell. But they weren't. Nobody was allowed to question it. The narrative flipped multiple times, 180 degrees. And yet, no matter how many times it flipped, no one was allowed to question it. Anybody who questioned it was accused of spreading disinformation. And then that became the mantra. It was disinformation from Russia about the president's son. It was disinformation. (laughs) The fact that Joe Biden as vice president actually pulled the quid pro quo that they accused Donald Trump of was disinformation. And they've, the propagandists at the White House have come out and they've said, well, 
This wasn't what was actually said. What we actually were talking about was whether or not Saudi Arabia was willing to stand was willing to stand against Russia in their in their war of aggression and make sure that we make you know the sanctions actually have teeth against Russia. But that's not at all true. We know he went over there, he groveled on his knees trying to get them to put off the decision. Simply to put off the decision. It's not like they weren't going to do it. They were going to lose money if they didn't do something about the price of oil. Why? Well, because Russia's part of OPEC+. Plus. We would have never ended up in this situation with the orange man. And the reason we would have never ended up in this situation is, is multifold. The first reason is because the orange man opened up the tap to full blast for America's energy. The orange man is the only president in history to have oil cost negative for the price of a barrel of oil to go into the minus. For the total cost of a gallon of gas before taxes to be 12 cents a gallon. 12 pennies. 12% of a dollar. 12 cents a gallon. I thought it was entertaining because they're talking about gas prices being in the negative. They're talking about gas gas being a it being 10 cents, 10 12 cents a gallon. And nowhere in America could you buy a gallon of gas for less than a buck 50. It's like, wait a minute. If the cost of gasoline is 12 cents a gallon, why are we spending a dollar 50 and nobody asked that question? And it would have been a really good question to ask. Especially for California, who was still paying like $3 a gallon when the whole rest of the country was paying $1.50. Now, what are we paying? Locally in Montana, we're paying over four bucks. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but that's where we're at. We're just over four dollars. Down from the high, the high, the highest, if I remember correctly, was four dollars and seventy-five. It was four dollars seventy-five or four dollars and eighty-five cents, somewhere right around there, almost five dollars a gallon. And then $5 a gallon did exactly what $5 a gallon is designed to do. It forced people to stop driving. It forced people to stop buying gasoline, to stop buying oil products. And everything that they did over the last two years was basically make having a job not really worth it. Why? Not because work isn't worth it. Winning the bread, winning, bringing home the bread for your family is definitely worth it. 
Providing for your children is definitely worth it. But what they managed to do over the last couple of years was prove, one, that damn near everybody was expendable. Because even when, think about this. Even when nurses were essential workers, what did they turn around and do? Oh, if you don't get the jab, you're fired. Even though the military is about as essential for a nation as it gets, what did they do? Oh, if you don't get the jab, you're fired. You're going to play our game with us or you're fired. I saw on Twitter somebody, uh, I think it was Eric Sammons, tweeted out, in 10 years it's going to be really funny when most of the people are like, well, I resisted getting the vaccine. And I just had to remind him that if the doomsayers are right, in 10 years, the only people who are going to be alive are the ones who didn't get the vaccine. If the doomsayers are right, as many as 40, as much as 42% of the United States is going to be dead in the next 10 years. Doesn't matter how old you are. We're seeing plenty of people die at the ripe old age of five years old. At the ripe old age of 18 or 20 or 25 or 30. Dying of heart failure. Why? Hmm. Weird. Unknown. We don't know why. We just can't seem to put together the reason why somebody who might have been vaccinated is dead. They say they're here for your health. And then they proceed to do everything that's not for it. Over the last couple of years, the actions of various parts of the government across the country have put people in a position where depression, drug abuse, addiction, domestic violence, all of that took over. They made people quit. And the ones who are still trying to get by, many, many of us who are still trying to get by, many of us who are still working, we're not just working one job. Some of us are working three. Three jobs to make ends meet. Three jobs to provide food for our children, clothing, shelter, Three jobs just to be able to put gas in the tank so that we can go to those three jobs. It's a tragedy. And what are they doing? They're putting band-aids on it. When I said we're down to weeks, we are down to weeks. The lid is coming off the economy shortly after the election. They're going to do everything that they can to try and mitigate it through the election. But after the election, whatever, whatever happens, happens. And the wheels are coming off. It's over. They're going to panic. And the Republican-controlled Congress is going, to, is going to pass price controls despite the fact that they know damn well it is a bad idea. But they're going to be panicked. They're going to think it's the only way that they can try and do something. They got to do something. 
because they're not going to get the oil fields open. They're not going to get the onerous tax, tax law gone. They just hired 87,000 IRS agents. The right thing to do would be to repent, to turn away from their sin. But they're not going to because sin makes them stupid. And so because they cannot bring themselves to undo everything that they've done, they're going to try and do something else to fix it. The Fed is doing it. The government's been doing it. They're all doing it. And there are a few people who are talking common sense going, hey, maybe we should go the other way. And some of them are going to get elected, but they will be outnumbered and they will be outmatched and they will be forced in the same way that we're about to try and force Saudi Arabia. See, the problem... Okay, look, you want a quid pro quo between countries, whatever. You honestly think that's illegal? I don't think that's illegal. It's diplomacy. It would be fair for the president of the United States who just got caught red-handed doing this evil thing. It would be fair for him to be held to account. But it's not immoral for a country to apply expectations on another country and then be willing to offer the carrot in order to get it. Well, Saudi Arabia turned down the carrot and now Joe Biden's trying to proffer the stick. And I don't know how well that's going to work. Because like I said before, oh, he's going to get mad at OPEC. Except it's not OPEC, it's OPEC plus. And who's part of the plus? That would be Russia. The Saudis came out and they were like, look, OPEC Plus voted unanimously to do this thing because they all believe that it's, it is in their best interest. And if they believe it's in their best interest, then the real question is, why isn't the U.S. government doing what's actually in America's best interests? Why are they only asking them to put it off for a month? Could it be because they're not serving their purpose? So the next thing is going to be price controls. They have to. They have to try and fight inflation somehow. If they continue to raise interest rates in order to suck up the extra money, it's going to get out of control. If they don't continue to raise interest rates, then we're going to continue on the vicious cycle that we're in. Well, the Fed can't do it. And the reason why the Fed can't do it is because the government has to cut spending in order for the Fed to be able to do it. But what program are you going to cut from the federal government? Now, I've offered a bunch. We could disband the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. We could disband the 17 other intelligence agencies. We could go ahead and cut sling load on, on Social Security because guess what? Social Security was supposed to go bankrupt in about 10 years. Was. Most of us weren't going to get it anyway. Now they may as well cut sling load on it because Social Security is in that category called unfunded liabilities, which 10 years ago was at $155 trillion. 
But when you combine the $155 trillion of unfunded liabilities, the $30 trillion in national debt, the four quadrillion dollars in credit default swaps and credit derivatives that are, that everyone's currently on the hook for in the middle of a crashing economy. I mean, the four quadrillion dollars really just goes above and beyond, but $150 trillion is nothing to sneeze at. Excuse me, not four quadrillion, the one quadrillion. I'm sorry. For some reason, every time I want to say quadrillion, I always want to say four. And I'm assuming it's because quad means four. But the quadrillion dollars in credit default swaps and credit derivatives, that insane monkey that's hanging around the stock market in every major financial institution in only America, at some point that bill's got to come due. At some point we got to figure that one out. Glenn Beck actually said something really brilliant on his radio program today. He said, the reason why we weren't paying inflation before, like we had been under severe inflation for the last 12 years, 12 to 14 years, huge amounts of inflation. And the reason why we weren't paying it was because all of that money was in the stock market. That's why you had all of those brilliant, magnificent records you know, we're at like, <laughs> stock market loses 5% and people lose a trillion dollars. A trillion dollars, four trillion dollars, five trillion dollars by percentage points of what's in the stock market. That's where all the inflation was. They weren't bailing us out. They were bailing out all of those big institutions. And because they were bailing out those big institutions, the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, all of those were going up, 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 up. Not because the companies were actually worth that kind of money, but because somebody had to pay the bill and the bill was in the stock market. Well, the problem is, is when COVID hit, the stock market came down. Why? Because nobody was producing anything. Well, some people were. Some five trillion dollars got transferred from the middle class up to the most wealthy, but not individuals. I mean, you know, they're companies where they could be dispersed, where it could be evenly set out, building these trillion dollar empires called companies. But when the stock market starts to crash, what happens? Money's got to go somewhere. And what do they do? They bail everybody out. I mean, they barely bailed out the American people. You got, what, $2,400, $3,600 maybe from all of those COVID bailouts? But all of those small business, quote unquote, small businesses took billions and billions of dollars, $4 billion to all of the subsidiary organizations of the Catholic Church, $300,000 for church militant. I think it was 300, might have actually been much more than that. I think it was $10 million for Word on, for Word on Fire. I mean, I'm sure you remember the stories. It was appalling. The church was getting payoffs by the, they were getting American tax dollars. Ostensibly American tax dollars. Absolutely horrifying. 
So the money went someplace. But at the same time, like I said, they shut down the economy. They shut down production. They shut down small businesses. Mom and pop had to close so that big box stores could stay open and suck in all that money. But then all of that failure to produce stuff led to weird things happening. 800% increase in the price of wood. Lumber through the freaking roof. Which means that if you're trying to build a house, the building of the house is through the roof. You couldn't get what you were looking for. And because they couldn't do anything about it, they did the next best thing. They just denied it was happening. And they spent more money. And they spent more money in one year than we had spent in the previous four. And then they spent more money in the next year than we had spent even the previous year, which was more than the previous four. And then the Fed was cranking out money like nobody's business because the money's got, because we need the money in the system. Otherwise, you know, if you don't have blood cells in the, in the circulatory system, then the blood's not going to be able to be pumped. So they just dumped more and more money into it and they failed to keep the heart beating. They figured, well, we can just keep it going with inertia if we keep printing money. Well, the problem was, is they printed entirely too much money and the stock market wasn't going to hold it anymore because the stock market is based on perceived valuation, which still is predicated on production. And nobody was building anything and the supply chain was breaking down and nobody was bringing stuff into the country. We weren't even able to move goods and services around because, well, for starters, everything was shut down and everything that wasn't shut down became overworked, still basically underpaid. I mean, you know, some, some paychecks went up, but most of them did not. When we come back in 2021, and it was really, really kind of obvious in the aviation in the aviation industry. I got to watch it close. And I will tell you right now, we're not out of the woods. At my company, we have two projects. We have two aircraft we're trying to push out of the out of our hangar. Two aircraft we're trying to push out of our hangar. We're trying to push them out, but we can't get essential parts. We're not talking about decorative parts. We're not talking about, oh, we couldn't get that co color of upholstery, so we had to get another color. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, I can't get parts for landing gear, which is kind of important, considering if the plane takes off, you kind of want it to land safely. I can't get components that are used to make the skeleton of the airplane. Kind of important because you don't want to try and fly an airplane around without a skeleton, lest it just pop in midair. Like that one Hawaiian Airlines flight back in the 70s, immediately turned into a convertible. You should look it up. It's an interesting story. Kudos to the pilot. The pilot, the pilot and co-pilot were able to land the aircraft safely, and they only lost one person, and it was the person who, when the structure of the airplane gave away, she went out the hole. Well, first she went into, she got sucked up into the hole, which caused a pulse of pressure, 
which caused further weakening of the structure, which caused the whole roof of the airplane to come off. She presumably was dead before she, before she was removed from the airplane. <laughs> At least we hope. <clears throat> Otherwise, she died on the way down. And I feel like that would be worse. I mean, it would certainly give her more time to repent and make sure her soul got into heaven, but it's not an experience I would want to go through. Nobody else died on the flight, but you kind of don't want your airplane to turn into a convertible mid-flight. I mean, it's just, you know, it's kind of a thing. People get a little aggravated when, you know, you're 30,000 feet in the air and all of a sudden the roof comes off your airplane and everybody's like, ah, oh my God, we're all going to die. Thankfully, like I said, most of them did not. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But we're going through it with our production. And it, and lest you think, well, that's the aviation industry, you know, they, there's specialty parts and stuff like that, right? Okay. I've been waiting close to three weeks for a front differential seal. refer back to the Glenn Beck program, Stu, uh, uh, Stu Bergier ordered, put a car on order in 2021, like April. 
It's now October of 2022 and he still hasn't gotten the car. Why? Because the car doesn't exist because they haven't been able to put it together because they don't have the parts to assemble the car so that he can take delivery of his brand new car. Have you been to the store and they've been out of something random? Or a bunch of stuff random? Have you walked into a store and seen a whole bunch of empty shelves? I mean, other shelves might be full, but have you walked through a store and seen a whole bunch of empty shelves? They never used to happen in America. Not ever. And yet it's happening now. Have you noticed it takes almost four times longer when you order something on, say, Amazon or actually order anything online and just getting it shipped? You seen that yet? You offer to pay more so you can try and get, you know, cut in line because that's supply and demand. And if you have a high enough demand and you're willing to supply sufficient amounts of cash, you know, they'll meet your demand if they can. Because inflation at its core is too much cash going after too little of consequence. Why is Saudi Arabia cutting production? Specifically to raise oil prices. Why is OPEC cutting production? Because they need to make some more money. And they need to make some more money based on what it is that they're providing because they have people they got to feed to. And so in the end... Rather than forcing it the other direction by simply sending way more product so that fewer dollars per unit of product actually captures the product you're looking for, they're doing the opposite. They shut down the oil fields. They're shutting down the, 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 uh, the, the, the oil leases. They're shutting down oil pipelines. They're bombing other pipelines. I mean, they're doing everything that they can to bring the whole thing crashing to a halt. Why? Because they really hate the energy that provides us everything. The petrol products provide us the fuel. They provide us the fertilizer. They provide us the feed. They provide us the paint for our cars and our houses and our homes. They provide us the ink that dyes our clothing. They provide us the fabric that that makes our clothing. They provide us all of the plastics and all of the metals and all of everything because energy goes into all of it and they're shutting all of that down. But they don't want to be seen as the bad guys, so they're going to come in and control the price, which does not help the supply or the, or the demand. What it guarantees is that the first people to get in their order are going to get whatever it is that they need. And the other 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, 100 million people, well, guess what? They're going to be S-O-L. Up the creek without a paddle. And eventually this is going to end up spinning her out of control so badly that all welfare programs are going to end up adding more. Doubt me? Social Security is getting a cost of living increase. 8.6%. It's the highest. I think it's 8.6. I know it's over 8%. It's the highest cost of living increase, I think, in the history of Social Security. 
Well, that money's got to come from somewhere. So what are they going to do? They're going to print more because they have to. Which is going to drive the prices up more. Which is going to cause people to start saying, hey, we need price controls. Because it shouldn't cost an arm and a leg to have a chicken wing. Meanwhile, people are still not making anything. Meanwhile, we don't have the energy to make anything. Meanwhile, we don't have the energy to transport the stuff that we need to, that we are making. Which means everything falls short. Food, gas, pharmaceuticals, toys, clothing, everything. Pound of wheat for a day's wages and two pounds of barley for a day's wages. And do not harm the oil or the wine. And that just equals famine. Not just in America, but around the world. So what's the other option at that point? Well, what's the last time we were in a Great Depression, what did we do? Oh, that's right. We started the Second World War. We managed to invite ourselves into the Second World War by being such bastards to Japan that they absolutely had to do something. And when they did it, we ignored the fact that we knew they were going to do it. And we let them do it just so we could declare war. We declare war in Japan. Germany declares war on us. And boom, bada boom, bada bip. Here we are. Second World War. And that got everybody, everybody's on the war footing. Yes, we can, right? We can do it, right? The pictures of Rosie the Riveter as she goes, as she goes to work while her husband is off fighting in the war. We can do it. Problem. Rosie the Riveter is now Karen. Rosie the Riveter is now Tasha the YouTuber. Or Tara the TikToker. Jane about anything. Now we got nothing. Nobody's in those factories building the products that need to be built because those factories have been closed for 30 years. We were starting to get them back under the orange man, but good old lunchbox Joe, man, he could not agree to letting something actually build up the working class. He could not agree to actually getting the unions the employees that they needed so that they could get the dues that they desperately want so they could continue to grease the pockets of the wicked politicians who make it so much easier for them to commit the crimes that they've been committing for 50 years. This time around, what are you going to do? You're going to eat your cell phone? Well, I'm going to take a video about how I'm eating bugs like Nicole Kidman. One heifer trying to stay relevant while another heifer tries to push an agenda. And there's another difference. 
this war could go nuclear in the first week. We could say, you know what, we've had enough, and then all of a sudden, kaboom! And the eastern seaboard goes up in nuclear vapor. And what are we going to do then? Oh, we'll launch back. Okay, so we'll wipe out the whole planet. Why not? Oh, well, not the whole planet. Just the northern hemisphere. Just everybody from the 28th parallel up. No big deal. It's only most of everybody, but it's no big deal. But what do billionaires care? They got bunkers. They're spending $10 million for their bunkers. If you got a net worth of $100 million, this is how you can get away from nuclear disaster. You can get a $10 million bunker that's airtight, gas tight, water tight, where you could where you could spend at least several months straight with the family that you hate. Cuz how you think you became a million multimillionaire, you know, how you think they managed to become worth hundreds of million dollars, millions of dollars in the first place. It's not because they like their family. You want proof of that? All you got to do is look at Joe Biden and Hunter. Oh, Hunter's a crackhead, but he can certainly bring home the dough for old Joe, the big guy. Oh, but they'll make it. Oh, yeah, we've got our bunkers. It's no big deal. <laughs> what about the rest of us? Well, for the rest of us, pray, fast, do penance, and get to heaven. Make sure that when the bombs drop, you're in a state of grace. Because even if those millionaires and billionaires manage to survive in their fancy little underground bunkers, still going to hell. You don't think they're bringing Bibles down with them. You don't think they're bringing with them the Catechism of the Council of Trent, do you? <laughs> That'd be impressive. Hey, Elon, if you got a bunker, you're going to want to bring that book. That book, that book will save your soul and the soul of all your kids. Just saying. To teach you everything that you need to know. Everything. I mean, you're a smart guy. You can work out the details. Man, that's where we're at. Weeks. They're going to do everything they can to try and keep it under control for the next few weeks. But after the election, maybe there'll be a red tsunami. I mean, Steve Dace is, is predicting a red tsunami. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. People are on fire. They just want this craziness to end. They want people to talk, to stop trying to talk their kids into cutting off the genitals. They want people to stop showing their kids pornography. Of course, you could stop that by just getting them out of school. Just, you know, homeschool them. They want people to stop trying to empty the prisons of all of the animals that they created. They just want to go to work and come home, spend time with the family and watch sports ball 
and be moderately successful. But we're not getting that. We're not getting that because there was a particular generation that decided that it would absolutely, positively, under no circumstances whatsoever, suffer. They would make only the sacrifices that they needed to make in order to get where they wanted to be, and that was it. Their children were nothing more than a handbag. They didn't have five or ten or twelve kids, you know, like a good traditionalist would. They had one, two, maybe three. Maybe three. They grew up on the Brady Bunch. You're talking a family of eight. Nine, if you include the housekeeper. And they were like, we're not doing that. We're going to do the opposite. We're going we're gonna to have our kids and we're going to teach them something. We're actually going to teach them to live on their own. We're going to have them be latchkey kids. And they're going to be proud because they're going to create a whole generation of independent kids who had no idea what the hell they were doing. And rather than repent, they're going to double down. Here we are 30 years later. And they're talking about shout your abortion. You don't need kids. The climate's going to change. They see what we're up against and they double down. Oh, we can fix it. We're going to make more of the same type of mistakes. Because surely we haven't tried modernism or communism or post-Christianism. I needed three isms. It's the only reason why I didn't say post-Christianity. <clears throat> we need those. We're not going to let those go. So I started talking about penitentiaries, and now we're going to talk about repentance. For those of you who are listening who are Catholic converts or reverts, then you will know, you will know that your repentance, your metanoiate, didn't just happen in one day. I mean, the emotional stuff happened in one day. That you know, There was a moment when you realized, oh crap, the Catholic Church really is the truth. Christ really is king. Christ is present in the Eucharist. And oh my goodness, these people actually know it. But then there was this whole thing called being in a state of grace. And there was this all preparation and all of these things that you had to stop doing with your life. And you didn't just stop it in one day. That's not how Catholicism works. You got to work at that stuff. You got to pray. You got to fast. You got to do penance. You got to spend time on your knees in front of the Blessed Sacrament. You got to spend time learning from your priest, learning from fellow Catholics, learning about the faith. And while you're learning all of those things, then in order for it to take root, what do you got to do? You have to change. If you're a habitual drunk, what do you got to do? 
Well, first you got to stop drinking and prove that you can. And then you got to try and figure out where the golden mean is because total abstinence isn't the norm in Catholicism. Moderation is the norm. Now, if it's going to lead you to sin, then of course you got to stay away from it at all costs. And well, I mean, there's room for that too. But then you got to learn about chastity and you got to learn about custody of the eyes. You got to learn about all of these things. And as you're learning about them, oh crap, you got to change that. Man, I had no idea. I had no idea that porn was so harmful. I had no idea that just looking at someone lustfully was going to be this dangerous. I had no idea that I have to stop being a workaholic. I had no idea that I got to step away from, you know, I got to stop shopping at Louis Vuitton. I had no idea that, oh crap, I really actually need to put some clothes on. And maybe I shouldn't argue with my priest about how, wait a minute, but this is perfectly modest in this day and age. So many things that you got to do that you got to change. Oh, I got to pray regularly. Oh man, but what about those days when I don't really, when I don't want to have anything to do with God? Oh man, I still got to pray? I got to pray harder? But what if I don't have the time? What if I don't have t- time to do pray, pray 30 minutes a day? You want me to pray for an hour? Are you kidding? Well, I mean, I do really love God. I realize everything he did for me. I realize he died on the cross. I realize it just by asking those questions. I'm spitting in his face. True repentance takes time. True conversion takes time. You got to learn the truth. Then once you know the truth, you got to stop ignoring the truth and you got to start putting that stuff to practice. And when it gets hard, you can't quit. I mean, you're going to quit. But that's when you take your happy behind back to confession and you start again. And if you spent 20, 30, 40 years outside the church, then you're going to spend your whole life doing penance, trying to get yourself back in, trying to make reparations for all of those things that you did when you didn't give not one whit about God. And knowing that, as you do, particularly those, like I said, those of you who are converts and reverts, Do you honestly think we're just going to turn this thing around? We got to end the Fed. We got to shut down the IRS. We got to disband the FBI. We probably actually have to disband the entirety of the union. We have to get rid of these United States and become independent nations as we try to figure out how to put it back together or if we should even put it back together. And these are all questions that we got to ask ourselves and we have to be ready for those really, really crappy answers that are going to pop up. 
oh yeah, and somewhere along the line, we're going to have to depose all of those people who spent their lives trying to put this wicked world system in place in the first place. Because you know they're going to fight it. They don't want to put an end to their to their prosperity. And we're not talking, <laughs> let's be real, we're not talking about money. This isn't like mafia money. We're not talking about I'm going to break your legs for $30,000. We're talking about the kind of people who have enough money to buy whole nations. We're talking about the kind of people, look, let's just take Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos could pay off the national debt of Italy by himself. He could cash everything out and pay off Italy's entire national debt. He could legitimately just buy Italy. Dear family, that's not money. We are so beyond money at that point. Bill Gates could buy England. Oh, they're 150, 200, they're 400 billion dollars in debt. Okay, well, whatever. Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, Zimbabwe, Mogadishu, or not Mogadishu, uh, Mozambique. Mogadishu is a city. I meant Mozambique. Madagascar. In fact, if you bought Mozambique, Mozambique's got enough natural resources. You, they could, you could mine, refine, smelt, all that stuff. You could run an entire space program right out of Mozambique. Not even a very large nation. They are mineral rich of all of the things that you need for space travel. We're, talk, we're not talking about money anymore. You're so beyond the concept of money at that point. You really think we're going to be able to pull that off? I mean, let, let's not forget to mention... I mentioned a red tsunami. People think it's coming. But I'll believe it when I see it. The sentiment is, is surely there, but I'll believe it when I see it. Because they employed a lot of means in stealing the last election. The orange man got more votes than any other president in history and lost. The orange man got more votes than were cast in a whole bunch of elections in our nation's history. Total. And he was still beaten, supposedly. And whatever happened there, well,
that would be why I wouldn't exactly bother waiting for an election. You think they're not going to do... Seriously, think about this for just a minute. Russia starts a nuclear war next year. You think they're even going to have a next election? Let's say the economy collapses by the end of December, beginning of January. And so they decide, in order to try and save it, they go to war. And then Russia just obliterates the eastern seaboard. You think they're going to have another election? They're going to try and they're going to try and, and do a war to try and save it. Well, the war worked, everything else failed, but the war worked. And that's going to be the end. You could almost say that this is the obituary of the United States of America. And whatever happens after this. Well, except for the kids who are born into it right now. Everybody else remembers better times. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping I'm wrong. But as it sets right now, we're down to about three, maybe four weeks. Then the lid's going to come off. Stuff's going to start to leak out. They're going to try and stuff their hands in the bottle to try and get it to stop leaking. That's going to start to cause a collapse of industry. People are going to start to get laid off. We're going to have 30, 30 maybe 40% unemployment. The welfare programs, all of the welfare programs are basically going to default because they're not going to be able to pay you enough money to be able to keep, to be able to keep you afloat. Even if they did pay you money, what are you going to do with it? Because there's nothing to buy. It's going to lead to famine, which is which we might get to before they start the war. They'll probably start the war before the famine starts. <clears throat> this is it. This is it. Pray. Trust God. You know it's coming. If you're listening to this podcast, you know it's coming. And it's not just this podcast. It's this podcast. It's, you know, Trad Cat Night. It's Restoring the Faith. It's the Kennedy Report. It's it's all of these podcasts where they're trying to spit the truth, trying to make sure that you know the truth so that you have a frame of reference to move from. And you need to be praying for all of them too because they could use the extra ticket into heaven as well. So get ready. Because it's fitting to get real, real soon. I told you back in June, the die was cast. Well, the dealer's about to call. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 